Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today, Julia? Today we are talking about the Japanese spider crab. Uh, as for some other names for the Japanese spider crab, uh, Japanese uh, one of the Japanese names for it is the Takaashigani, which translates to the tall legs crab. And then there's the Shiningani, which translates to dead man's crab. Uh, and based on its name and its nickname, you can probably guess where it's found. It's found in off the coast of Japan. Uh, specifically, it's found on the side of Japanese islands, uh, Konshu and Kyushu. And they actually live in depths, uh, usually between 500 and 1,000 feet. Um, they can go as far deep as about 1,600 feet. And then they can also go up into the hundreds of feet. And this is usually during mating season that they do this, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And they can actually go. They're found as far south as Taiwan, and they usually like temperatures that are about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. As for what the Japanese spider crab looks like, uh, color-wise, they usually have orange and white bodies. Uh, They're kind of like muddled looking, usually kind of dirty orange and white looking with like cream colored undersides. And then as for size, this is where things get a little creepy and where it's not, where it's kind of scary to think about. So their body is usually about 15 inches wide, which that's pretty big. Their body itself is over a foot. Where it gets a little scary is its leg span. The leg span, if you completely flatten out a Japanese spider crab, can span up to 15 feet. Usually the average is about 12 feet, but the longest one or the biggest one we found, it had a leg span of 15 feet. And then the average weight for a Japanese spider crab is about 40 pounds. And because they are so long, I'm just going to talk about their legs for a second. Um, Their legs are seen as long and very skinny, and they look very weak. But I actually learned that they do actually do have a pretty powerful, uh, I guess, claw force that they can actually pick stuff up with. They can actually open up shells of clams and mussels with these legs. Uh, But it is often seen that when we do find them, they're missing a leg. That is very common. They can actually miss up to three legs and still live. Um, But they usually do have 10 legs. And there is a bit of sexual dimorphism that goes on in the Japanese spider crab. Uh, Females tend to have a larger abdomen, and that's to hold eggs. And then males are usually larger and tend to have um, larger uh, chelipeds or chelipeds, which are the little claw or the, the legs that hold the claws. So... Not all the legs have claws. It's going to be the front two facing legs that have those uh, claws on them. And just a quick little fun fact I I loved about them is they like to decorate themselves. Uh, I put air quotes there. I know you can't see that. Um, But they like to put things like algae, kelp, and sponge on them uh, just to help improve their camouflage. And they do this uh, when they're younger, and then they carry it over to adulthood, probably just out of habit. But it does help them blend in better with their uh, environment. 
And then moving on to what the Japanese spider crab eats. Uh, the Japanese spider crab is a carry-on scavenger. So what that means is that it eats dead things. Um, it doesn't hunt. It looks for dead or decaying matter on the seabed. And that's what it loves to eat up. Um, there have been documented cases where it has eaten live fish in other invertebrates, such as other crustaceans. Um, but that is usually very rare. And just a kind of little fun fact to add on to that. Uh, there are ancient mariner legends that say that these spider crabs used to drag sailors overboard and eat them alive in the depth of the ocean. This is completely untrue. They have no strength to do that. Um, but it is true that they probably have eaten dead bodies in the ocean, which is probably where this myth came from. And then as for what eats the Japanese spider crab, uh, that will include octopus, stingrays, uh, smaller sharks, and then as you could probably guess, humans. And as I kind of mentioned earlier, the Japanese spider crab will start migrating to shallower waters, usually between 100 and 200 feet uh, during mating season, which is usually between January and April. And how the male actually uh, like impregnates the female spider crabs is it will insert sperm into the female abdomen using its front two uh, legs, which are the chelipeds. And another little uh, fun fact that we learned that I thought was kind of adorable, the female's abdomen, well, where she carries the fertilized eggs, is actually called the apron. So when a female Japanese spider crab does lay eggs, she will lay up to one million eggs, and they are tiny. They are about 0 .03 inches each. So they are tiny. And it's back to what we've talked about multiple times. It's a numbers game. It's you have as many babies as possible because a lot of them aren't going to survive. Uh, when they do hatch, baby spider crabs actually look like uh, microscopic shrimp. That is, that's what they look like when they first come out of the eggs. So after they actually hatch, they go through many different stages where they grow and develop. And the first of this is going to be the larval stage. Um, and only a few of the actual million of offspring will survive. But they'll go through after this what is called the platonic stage and then the megalopa stage. And these happen very rapidly. And so because uh, because the way these creatures are, because they're arthropods, uh, they, they molt. And the first time that they molt will be about 9 to 12 days after they hatch. Uh, and in captivity, a the molt of a single Japanese spider crab takes about 103 minutes. So it takes almost two hours for it to uh, molt, the molting process. But the crab's growth rate was nearly 22%. So in a single molt, it grew 22%. And as for how long they live, they can live up to 100 years. Um, and this is very uh, weird to see, especially with, you know, crabs in general. Um, but they can live up to 100 years. Uh, yeah, usually when you think about, like, kind of the arthropods, you, usually you hear this with, like, lobsters. Lobsters are the ones that can live a long time. Crabs, not typically that way. But, yeah, the Japanese spider crabs up to 100 and then as for like the family societal structure of Japanese spider crabs, uh, there's not much that goes on. Uh, there's no parental care offered at all after a baby Japanese spider crab hatches. And then they are pretty much loners. They may all be eating in the same area and maybe eating the same thing, but they are lone scavengers and they really only communicate to mate. So the Japanese spider crab, their population size really isn't evaluated. Um, but we have concluded that their numbers are dropping. And the main reason for this is because they are being overfished in Japan. Uh, Japanese spider crab is a delicacy. You know, a lot of people eat crab. Um, it is a very big delicacy, especially in Asia. 
And so overfishing has forced them into deeper waters and they will still fish there. Uh, but the good news is that there are a lot of conservation efforts being put in to protect them. Um, and this includes that they are not allowed to fish for Japanese spider crab during between January and April, which is when the crabs are born. So, you know, they're trying to help the crabs actually have a chance to live, basically, before they're even caught and ate. And then as for some fun facts we have on the Japanese spider crab, uh, I, as you can probably guess, the Japanese spider crab is the largest known living arthropod. Uh, so this is, includes uh, most crabs, most lobsters, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then although their legs are thin, uh, very spindly looking, they're strong enough to pry open clam and mussel shells. And I don't know if you've tried to do that. It, it can even be challenging for people. So it's amazing that they're able to do that. And then also, uh, researchers, researchers have also said that with the proper tank and the right food, they actually make really good pets. Now, that being said, we do not recommend getting one if you do not have the resources to take care of one, as always. Um, but it's just something that people are able to do and have done, and it works out pretty well. So that's all we have on the Japanese spider crab. Uh, it's a rather short episode, um, but tune in next week, and we're going to talk about the Chinese water deer. And don't forget to check us out on all of our socials and be sure to check out our Patreon as well. And you can find all of those links in our Linktree link, which will be in the description for this episode. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.